Welcome to Bitpicking, a podcast about software development. I'm Greg. I'm Mark. I'm Laura. Hi, Mark. Hello, Laura. Hey, Greg. Today, we talk about whether you need to, a degree to enter software development. What's more important, knowledge or know-how? And are you on Team Commodore or Team Spectrum? Let's go. So I want to talk about um, your route into development and does it need to be professionally trained? Do you need to be uh, getting a degree and a master's or whatever? Or can you go on the experience you've had? Because I've worked with lots of different developers and some of them are um, sort of not formally trained. They've trained themselves and, and they're amazing. And equally, there's some amazing ones that have gone through like the, the academic route. So, I mean, with all the support there is for developers now, like online and, and things like that, the online academies, do you need to go to uni? I have quite a strong opinion about this. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Uh, which is uh, many of the best programmers I know uh, did not come through traditional university routes. Oh, thanks, mm. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> School of life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Why is that, do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. There's, I mean, it, it's fair to say, in my experience, like I say, certainly we um, in the past have hired people out of call centres um, and other areas that you might not expect to find programmers, but but do. Um, and, um, you know, in my time, have hired probably four or five people out of those environments. And I, none of those people have been anything less than stellar, mm. quite frankly, as, as members of the team. Um, uh, whereas I've interviewed and known people that have come through more traditional routes through through degrees um, who have been less than uh, stellar. <laughs> um, so, you know, based on that experience, I would say I, I'd almost recommend not going not, through yeah. that right? <laughs> and i suppose i i ask myself what is it about about those people and their experience that makes them good well, i think it's motivation it's passion isn't it i think because they've decided yeah. i'm gonna follow this path yeah um probably knowing that it might be tougher for them because they don't have the um academic background or the experience up to that point so they're really, like you know they're already halfway there right because they want to do it and they're passionate about it and mm. that kind of stuff whereas on the other route you you could just be there because it's you know what your mum told you to do you know or, or it could be a much more like um is that how you ended up on your law course <laughs> <laughs> you did law i did do law yeah um no but yes <laughs> it wasn't my mum but i certainly came out of um out of my a levels and thought um you know, what should I do? I should probably do something, you know, honourable and the best, you know. And it's like, oh, what's the sort of the thing I should do? Oh, okay, I'll go do law. And then I quickly realised I wasn't into it. So, you know, um, although the whole experience of doing uni was good in other ways. But mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, certainly like if I'd gone to be a lawyer, I would have been one of those programmers or developers you were talking about that probably wasn't very good at it because they weren't really into it. They were just doing it because it was the thing that they were meant to do you know whereas now i feel like i'm on the other bucket because i did self-train 
you know, mm. and, and made a career out of it. And probably because I, I, you know, I wanted to do it. It was, yeah, it was a, it, I wanted my career to be this. So You went um, al fresco instead of a la carte. he's kind of like that in my head that makes sense because you pick it out of the course book who's alan carr (laughs) is he he a coder (laughs) stay with it because it's a good metaphor (laughs) i'm gonna stay with it but it's the it's like picking it out of the menu isn't it it's like you get the course booklet you're like oh they've sold me that lifestyle (laughs) that that eventual career Whereas actually the people who come in the side route, Alfresco, <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but they, they, they have this intrinsic passion and motivation to, to do that. They just like the problem solving. They yeah. like the, um, the actual doing rather than the, the, what it'll look like on paper. Yeah. There, I mean, the, the biggest problem with, uh, in my opinion, university uh, education when it comes to computer science these days um, and this is going to sound really stupid when I say it, but it's academic, mm. right? And it is very is, focused yeah. on the on the uh, the sort of theoretical yeah. side of computer science. So, um, you know, someone who's gone through that can can tell you something about um, you know algorithms and compilers and those kind of things. Mm. And perhaps for some jobs, they are very well suited for that. Mm. For a real world development job, the things that they are taught on in university degrees is very rarely relevant to what you're to what you're actually yes. doing yeah. you generally don't need to know the ins and outs of a compiler or um you know th- whether your algorithm is log n or n log n right <laughs> you know <laughs> in big o notation to actually just be able to do the job of rendering some stuff on screen yeah. um so that's a real um a, a real problem i find is that you know, I've seen people come out of university yeah. with no real idea of how software development is done. Agile does not really seem to be taught, or you know, as a yeah, it's not. It's it's really outdated. I, well, when I went, I mean, that, this is what sparked this for me is a conversation with someone and me thinking, well, actually, if I look and think back to what I did, we did things like assembly language, and um, right. we didn't do anything to do with the web, <laughs> which <Yeah>. was very <laughs> strange. It was all very theoretical about. Um, yeah you know, uh, AND gates and NAND gates and how uh, operating systems work and how CPUs work. And it's like, I haven't really seen any jobs to do with that, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, at any point in my career. And then you get out of, of uni and you go into your first job and they're like, and this is uh, .NET. And we're like, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> and you don't yeah. get taught any of that. You don't get taught anything, no. even JavaScript or anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, I do wonder though, on that on that web thing there, whether that's a function of where we live and mm. the the because we're down in the in the south yeah um, and there's quite a lot of agencies here because when I <coughs> excuse me when I went up to um, Salisbury and mm. I worked for an electronics manufacturer it was the opposite yeah. they knew all about that kind of stuff but they yeah. knew nothing about web yes you yeah. know um, and so the there was a very high percentage of of the development team had come straight from uni with after placement years. So I wonder whether it's just our industry, our industry, um, and maybe even our location. Could and be. actually all of that mm. course syllabus, is that what it's called? Is actually relevant in other industries that just don't exist in where we are. You know? Could be, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think the things that are taught in university education are, um, you know, they're not irrelevant. They're foundational. Right? They are foundational. But they're not you know, industry. And I, and I dare yeah. say, you know, 
for every developer that um, you know, understands the um, the fundamentals but not the web there's also someone that understands the web but not some of the fundamentals um, mm. and that can be an issue as well you know yes, once yeah. you start getting into needing to do something that does actually need to take into consideration fine it it runs really quickly when you've got 10 things but how is it going to run when you're you yeah. know, you've got 10,000 or 10 million things in your database uh, you do have to give that some consideration is the um is the purpose of a degree to be vocational like that though no it's critical thinking isn't it and yeah yeah the theory behind it well, and maybe, there, maybe maybe there's the problem i mean that the, are there vocational computer programming entry, courses entry to, yeah. available yeah or do people feel like they have to go and get a computer science degree and the clue's in the name right it is called computer <laughs> science, science yeah. that's right not web development 101 <laughs> so actually you know maybe we're giving it a hard time and to, yeah, I, I suppose to, the problem is more that people feel like they have to do that in order to get a job in um in software development and i don't think they have to at all i was going to say i guess that's what my real question is is that hiring people hiring developers what do you look for do you look for someone who has that tick in the box for the academic bits you know with the degree or whatever or do you then test them i mean this is a whole different thing developer tests i mean for me i would um I'm fortunate that I don't get too many CVs, as in too many that I can't read every single one. And so I don't discount on either. So I wouldn't say, mm. um, the, like if somebody had a degree, that would be cool. And if they didn't, that would be cool. And I'd be looking for something else. But mm. I do tend to agree with Mark. The, the more interesting people I talk to tend not to have degrees. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and, they, they are, they, and I, I guess because they have to put something else on their CV to mm. to make it, you know compelling yeah and then that makes it more interesting to talk to them yeah you know um but I, but i think the sad truth is that if you are you know if you're in london and you're getting too many cvs to you can possibly review then you have to pick something to yeah. to weed them out yeah, yeah you have yeah. to yeah um and, and maybe it's the degree is an easy way and i also think that there'd be i think we're of a type and i bet there's quite a few hiring managers out there that would um, expect a degree just yeah because it's know. always been done that way yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. The, um the one thing for me is just evidence of doing something mm. like yeah, the, yeah. there is such a uh low barrier to learning about software development these days yes yeah. um you know and even and learning about the state of the art in software development that in itself is a bit of a problem, by the way. Um, you know, <laughs> coming straight in and, oh, yeah, well, I've done React. And, okay, yeah. but How do you know, there's a whole world of other things that, that um, yeah, I've done the starter I've tutorial done, on React. Done it, yeah, tick, tick, I'm yeah. done, I'm done. You know. yeah, what is that? I mean, this, and I think we touched on this before, yeah. you know, the, the, um, the, the sort of fad of, I've, I've been here a year now. Surely I should be a, a senior, senior developer. developer. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. A problem. But really what I'm looking for is I want someone who has evidence that they have made an effort to yes. learn this stuff because they, because they can, because it is so easy to go and, to go and learn this um, on your would, own. Would you expect some online, like a GitHub, um, would you look at someone's GitHub repo and if, if there wasn't one or it was inactive, what would you think about that? Not their repo, their profile. Not uh, as, as someone who's GitHub repo. <laughs> 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 I'm fairly kind of um, lethargic, let's say. Um, I don't, I don't expect that. And actually, I've never, um, 
I've never had someone show me a GitHub profile that I've gone, wow, that's great. They've always been really disappointed. Someone says, here's my GitHub link, and you look at it, and it will be, mm. here's the React starter project. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. Here's the tutorial I did for 45 yeah. minutes, and here's something else. And again, I mean, my own is is not too dissimilar, right? I think there's, <laughs> there's maybe sort of two projects on there that yeah. I'd actually want to show people. The rest of it is just cruft yeah. projects that were started and never finished, or, you know, forks yeah. or something else but there's another dimension to this isn't there another argument that actually some people just want to work and turn up and work and that's fine and that's you know there are people who are going to be you know doing doing their own side projects you know and that that probably makes them better or does it i don't know that's like another different podcast altogether because you're right because it, you know you you instantly qualified that with it's fine yeah you know like oh if someone just wants to come to work but in a market if it was a competitive market yes yeah and you're competing against people who do that and they're also doing stuff outside if you're just turning up yeah it might not yeah i mean it is fine on a human level but they might be way better because they've got better self-care i suppose interesting yeah yeah. yeah. and it sort of makes me think because i've been reading a book recently and it makes this distinction between knowledge and know-how and that's kind of what we're kind of maybe debating here is does going to uni give you the knowledge and does you know coming in on your own of your own account and training yourself does that give you know-how which is different to knowledge that's yeah you know exactly what to do one of the things actually this is very relevant because um just a couple of days ago i spent some time in um one of the departments in our organization who who just do stuff for Mm. um end customers right so they're called managed services right the customer wants something doing they will they will do it they will manage our application on behalf of the the customer they have the most awesome set of excel spreadsheets and vba macros (laughs) that work around all the horrible bits of the system (laughs) that don't work properly or don't work in the way they should do or just aren't aren't present they have Excel spreadsheets that are sending emails. They have Excel spreadsheets that are renaming files in zips. They have Excel spreadsheets that are producing customer dashboards. Um, and these have all been generated by people who essentially ha- had no uh, programming knowledge. They have, yes. they have learned it. And I, this is where I start. Like, certainly in my professional career, I started doing some VBA Maybe, stuff, yeah. right? hacking <laughs> stuff together in Excel. And, and you can do some, am- some amazing stuff. Yeah. Excel is, is a, uh, a great development environment like for, <laughs> from that perspective in that you've got a whole world of things. There is no you know, package managers or build files. You know, there's it's no, pretty raw. There's yeah. no <laughs> gulp, grunt, NPM, yarn, mavens, like all of this. It's just like, well, you want to do it? It's here, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe you have to install a plugin into Excel, but you can do it. Um, and so th- this is amazing because these people have taught themselves uh, how to, to do this stuff. And they have produced some stuff which actually, um, you know, I would say <laughs> outstrips <laughs> what the development teams have done. Wow, right? yeah. Um, and I think one of, the, one of the reasons it's impressive is because they've had to do it to fulfill a need. So they've had a goal that they have to get to. They, they, they've not just sort of had an idea, but they know that they need to deliver something to a customer. You know, they need to deliver a dashboard or they need to deliver this set of files. And so they, 
they've written code to solve a problem. Yes. Yeah. Not just because they were giving a task on a Jira on a Jira board. Yeah. Um, you know, and I actually um, one of the people that I met, uh, I actively encouraged him and said, I, like, "Are you interested in in doing software development? Because if you are, I think you should, you know, you should pursue it because mm. you know you're able to knock out some really impressive." stuff at that point i actually thought to myself god do i i don't want to yeah i don't want to kind of snuff out the flame <laughs> right <laughs> by putting you into a into a development and this is i mean this 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 sort of question has bugged me a little bit I, i'm i'm deviating slightly as always um because also back in the day and i may have talked about this before i think i talked about this on, on a previous episode um but you haven't heard this, Laura, so I, I'm going to tell you. Right? <laughs> Just for me. I, I, you know, I worked special. in a department. I worked in a, in, a, in a large bank, and I was part of the development team. And in the, in the office with the development team is what were called the rapid application development team mm -hmm. because they built stuff in VBA. Right? What would happen was the business department would say, we need to do this. And they'd say, development, how long will this take? And they said, three months. And so they'd go sod that. They'd go and talk to the Excel developers who would say, we can knock something up in Excel or Access in two weeks. And they'd wow. go, yeah, we'll have, we'll have that. Right? <laughs> and so it was all like, I've always had this question in my head. It's like, well, how, how come they're doing rapid application development? Why can't, Why can't we do that the either? real developers do, do rapid application development? You know, and there's all sorts of um, answers you could give. Well, the developers are doing it the proper way. Yeah. Right? They're doing it the proper way. <laughs> um, they Hopefully, they're going to write some tests. But even then, you know, probably not. But, you know, they're going to have a build. It's going to be deployed in the right way. It's going to go through change control and all that. Lovely. But at the end of the day, these guys can deliver something to the customer in two weeks. The, you know, the, 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 the development team are not able to. My conclusion, actually, when I when I thought about this, was the rapid application de development team. The reason they were able to move quicker was because they were actually doing a form of agile. Before agile really became really became a thing. That's what it was. <laughs> they spent a lot of their time sat in the offices with the with the business department, saying, "Right, what what do you want us to do?" And they would yeah. say, "Do this." And that's exactly how it should work, right? And they're like little experiments as well, aren't they? They're little experiments. They're little experiments exactly. just to see if it works. And then in the meantime, the other dev team is possibly starting something in a similar vein. Well, that's yeah. what yeah. I was thinking. Well, the, the other dev team are sat with the project manager <laughs> working out the flipping <laughs> gancho. <laughs> right, that's the first two, two weeks. weeks for, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reference <Gantcha>. episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's what I was thinking. In both situations, it seems the difference is, is production. You know, and if you if you're building something that's gonna be not temporary but temporal, it's not gonna last very long, and it doesn't have to be sustained. Then you can do that. But I would hazard that in both situations, if you're trying to build something that's gonna last years, and those people are gonna disappear. Seriously, these things last years. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's it. Where's that adage? Isn't do. it? Like as I, soon as you do it, it's production. I, anyway. I I wrote a VBA macro when I was in the bank, right? <laughs> that did some screen scraping um and this must have been 2002 and about 10 years later someone good. told me that was still in use oh, okay of course someone else had kind of taken it on and started and tweaked yeah, it and, yeah. and kind of just it, yeah. it through yeah. it was still going yeah. these these things just go for but it is it is fascinating because you're right you can look at it and go well you're not doing it right you're not doing it how you're meant to do it it's not proper i think you said 
and you're right that's what i was thinking as you were talking but what's it, it's, deliver, it's, what, delivering it's delivering and things are getting software. done. Yeah. So what's, so what's, what's improper about yeah. it? <laughs> what's improper is the hoops that we have to jump through to actually do things the, the proper way. way yeah. Yeah. Right. So we have to ask ourselves how we kind of remove that that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. I suppose um, in the former example, though, if you ask those Excel, and I'd hazard they are developers. You said, do you want to? You asked one of them, do you want to be a software developer? I'd sort of right. hazard he, he already is. Yeah. I mean, I mean a real software. I mean, obviously, he's not a real <laughs> yeah, software. It's pretending. <laughs> But of course, and maybe this is the yeah. distinction with the academic thing. If you ask them self, you know, the self-taught into Excel to go and work on something else, they might not have that, did you call it foundational? Knowledge. Yeah, that knowledge and know-how you know, is The sort of step up to just sort of mm. get on with it. But then on the other hand, I've got graduates on my team and, and um, I talk to them and there's quite, there's quite big gaps. Mm. You know, like they don't know how to manage a server, you know. And I'm like, what? So you know how to build a <laughs> yeah. website, but you don't know how to manage a server. And also in that situation what? as well, because they've not worked in a team before, which you don't really learn at, at uni. You don't learn yeah, to work in an actual true. team. Yeah, they yeah. don't know how to do all the continuous integration, you know, merging in of work and checking each other's work. Yeah. That doesn't come naturally either. That's an, a, an you know, experience thing. Yeah. And that um, take yeah, it just takes me back to that knowledge and know how. You've got knowledge, but those people in X doing the Excel spreadsheets, they've got the know how. Yeah. They've got the know how, it's reflexive, they know what to do and they know what the customer needs, even if it's internal. Mm. Um, you know, the proper team, they have knowledge, they don't have any of the know how to do, you know, what is required yeah. quick enough. But it's I mean it's a reflection of the fact mm. that uh, in this uh, post agile world that idea that the developers are now responsible for a ton of a, we've given them responsibility for project management now <laughs> we've, decided, we've decided so they're now project managers and they're managing their budgets as well as uh doing managing the servers and as well as managing the build pipelines and as well as doing the design and as well as doing the user experience and they're they're doing everything now right they're not just coding anymore so cross-functional where, yeah. where do we stop a good point because they're supposed to be cross-functional aren't you in agile you're all supposed yep. to do testing and development and self-managing yeah but i think it works to a point to a degree where you're a jack of all trades and master of none but actually sometimes you do need that specialism yeah i don't I know, don't know. i'm trying to think because <laughs> obviously I, I said about you know my surprise that a graduate didn't know how mm to manage a server by which I meant you know they didn't know how to get their application onto the server and have it uh, execute okay. they might not know best practice but I, part of me thinks that, that that's in that's in the you know expected skills but then I'm trying to think of an analogy in a different industry like would you expect a car mechanic who knew how to fix the engine to also be able to fix a headlamp not working is it's it it's a bad analogy <laughs> i don't know anything about cars so which is a bit of a problem for me in this analogy i suppose okay we well we've done this one in the past but building um uh contractors you know you have a plasterer so you wouldn't expect your plasterer to also tile would you mm. even if they might right. get an idea some say that yeah, yeah and then yeah. Like, it does put you on edge it's like going to a restaurant where they do all the kinds of cuisine don't they they do like chinese food english food Italian, you know. Oh, like you've been to a buffet restaurant. Also. Buffet yeah. restaurant, yeah. <laughs> you, like something's got to give here, hasn't it? Yeah. You can't just do all of this. Well. 
is an interesting thought because this has sort of occurred to me this week, which is how much of the world these days, uh, and definitely the, the the software industry, revolves or relies on people basically doing work out of hours. Like, like what would the software industry be like if everyone just worked nine to five? Think Planes would fall out the sky. <laughs> Nuclear power plants would blow up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I've not been on a team where this is a problem. So actually, when I read all the articles or the Twitter posts about it, and oh, you know, it's such a shocking industry. You know, like being expected to work sixty, seventy hour mm. weeks. I've certainly not experienced that. So maybe I've, I've been lucky. But I've definitely experienced both, and it only takes one person to be like. I'm going to work late and then everyone feels that pressure so oh, it, okay. it does it it's like an epidemic like a little virus that happens and it, it is yeah it's like a, a group commitment to not do that and to fall into that trap and yeah it's not nice because you can see I mean if somebody told me they were staying late and it was of their own you know they volunteered it and it was just because mm. they were interested I mean I would I think I would say you know you don't have to yeah but I wouldn't stop them yeah I'd say, you know, you don't have to. I'm not expecting you to do this, yeah. but cool. And in fact, I'd probably be in the back of my mind thinking, oh, that's good. He's like, he's into it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. that's setting a really but bad. But the first point is, it's not necessarily visible in that, like, doing stuff these days. I don't know if you've heard about the internet, but it, <laughs> it, What's that? it, doesn't, it doesn't have to involve staying at the office and sat in front of and your that's teletype. Why, and that's why I find it quite irritating because I'm not, I'm not like Greg. I don't think, oh, that's cool. They're into it. I think, no, that's really irritating actually because you don't actually need to be here. Is it more of a statement right. than a, you're, you know, you're here to oh, do my, something? I wasn't um, specifically thinking about someone being in the office. Yes. But I mean, just some, oh, actually doing uh, that, Like yeah. knowing yeah. that somebody's done something out of hours. Yes, yeah. yeah, interesting. But I think there's, I mean, even if it's not literally working out of hours, the expectation that you will learn, that you will uh, essentially self-train mm. on the job and oh, that you will do that in your own time. Oh, that's different though, th- isn't it? That's, yeah, that feels different in a way. I think it comes back to what we said before. Uh, maybe that's what you're describing as a virus. Once somebody <laughs> starts doing that, then that's what you're competing against. And it's quite yeah. hard to to not make that the baseline right if you've got a couple of people on your team who are really active outside on their own sort of career development yes yeah and then you've got a few people who aren't it's hard not to compare them with each other it is yeah i think there's a there's a difference yeah there's difference on what they're doing if it's actual work for work if it's personal development that's different but yeah doing actual work stuff and i think my annoyance comes with um it's just a process thing. You get that false velocity, don't you? So the team, I don't know if you, you've heard of the false velocity where, mm-hmm. you know, someone sets a precedent, you know, you, if you fit extra work in, you're expected to, to do that in future in extra sprints. And mm-hmm. you think, well, oh, we can fit in into five days what, what someone's actually done over seven over a weekend yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And then it becomes quite a dangerous precedent to set. Yeah. for other people that maybe can't do that because I, I work part-time yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know I can't I can't maybe achieve that because it's not just development as well this is in any industry any knowledge work what about here's an interesting one what about meetings over lunchtime and if you set a like a lunch and learn type thing and you said it was optional right and then 
some people didn't turn up, how would you feel about them? I'm probably the one not turning up. <laughs> nice. I love food. I mean, you, you, you have set the meeting up though, Laura. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Sh- <laughs> Just walk in with a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's a tough one because uh, personally, I, I do get a bit stressy around lunchtime if people are booking stuff that encroaches over it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. it wasn't the lunchtime thing. I, I mean, I'll tell you for why, because there's obviously yeah. a real example behind yeah. it. We had a, a department meeting. I was doing a little talk on test-driven development. I wanted to do an example at the end, but we ran out of time. Um, earlier in the meeting, we'd had a big debate about meetings and how we didn't want there to be too many and they had to happen <laughs> on time. So I said, right, well, okay, you know, we'll end the meeting here. What I'll do, anyone who wants to see the example, I'll do it for half an hour like over our sort of lunch period um in a few days time and then there was like what 16 people in the first meeting and four in the second and i'm not quite sure how to feel about that <laughs> i think i think it's fine doing that as long as it's optional and and they can bring their lunch I've, i don't see a problem with that at all but just don't expect me to talk a lot because <laughs> <laughs> you won't hear from me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i suppose um i mean i'm not sure how many people have kind of set lunch hours these exactly, days exactly yeah um and as someone i'm someone i'm very bad i i generally don't take lunch breaks uh just i don't know i, I find it very difficult just to not be sat at a computer <laughs> doing something <laughs> essentially so i tend to kind of sort of sit at do, you work, do you work in a um in a, like an industrial estate type area only oh, no, work at home don't you yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, so yeah, they're just real No, because it has changed. I, I now work in a, in the middle of a town centre, and it's it's changed my lunches. And now I, I enjoy going out. Yeah, it's, it's a nice. break from the yeah. desk. Do you go to Greg's? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a Reeves. Do you? Oh my god, it's That's amazing. like a posh Greg's, isn't it? Posh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'd never heard of it, that but it's Oxford's bakery. Incredibly that, nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I I sort of find. I always think surely people must. Uh, I appreciate people having flexibility over lunch. Put it that way. I I wouldn't hesitate to schedule a meeting. Uh, you know, at twelve thirty, for example. I might I might hesitate. I suppose I don't. I wouldn't do it unless it was necessary. It wasn't. Maybe I've I've missed. I mean, I haven't mispositioned it because that's what happened. But it wasn't <laughs> just misunderstood it. It wasn't the lunch thing. It was more like people deciding not to turn up. Because right. I'd I'd said this is optional, optional yeah, and therefore, but I can't. I will be right. completely honest. Even if they it's listen, it. I was a little bit like disappointed that only four people out of sixteen ended up but turning it's a, up to the. But, but that tells you something about whether you're. Uh, put it this way: the alternative is that sixteen showed up, only four were actually listening. And you, were, you went away thinking that you'd spread a great message <laughs> and actually 12 people were thinking, who's this? That's, that's true. That's Do you true. feel better now? Because it could have been worse. I, I think Mark started with an insult and saved <laughs> Some, himself at the end. Somehow, yeah, somehow <laughs> managed to compliment you. <laughs> I don't understand. So, yeah, so I, I don't think that's, I think that's a problem. I, mean, I think... Maybe I'll keep, uh, maybe I'll keep that's experimenting. Pretty good, that's um, a pretty good hit rate. It's better than zero. 
Maybe if I don't schedule it over lunch, but I still say it's optional and then see what I get. I'm interested. And then I'll see whether it's the lunch thing. Yeah, Yeah, I'm interested to see what the third one does because it might be that the people who came to the first and second one, you know, say those good things happened here and bring more people along. I'm positive. I'm optimistic for you. (laughs) I believe. (laughs) It was a pretty good session, to be honest. Did live coding. Live code? Yeah. What did you code in? It's that PHP TDD thing okay, I was right, telling right. you about. So I, um, I managed to demonstrate TDD in PHP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you ever talk about that? Yeah, that's a different one. <laughs> Laura, do you feel like you've got an answer to your question? How do you get into software development? I think I think we're all on the same page, actually. I think times have changed, and I think... It used to be the case that you had to have a degree and it had to be, you know, set in stone. That's the, the prerequisite. But now I think, you know, like you said, the, the route in is there's less friction now. There's so many ways to get trained up of your own accord that I think, yeah, it's it's not such a prerequisite anymore. One thing we didn't ask, and I'm interested, mm-hmm. is what's our own personal stories of how we ended up in oh, software development? Well, we already said that I did a law degree. So that clearly wasn't it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The short story is I ended up working for an IT company in the call center. I um, ended up being located next to the dev team. I'd always dabbled with code, met the dev manager and said, I'd love a career in this. What can I do? She then um, told me the sort of things that I should do. I spent about a year learning them. They then had a job opening. So I went back and applied, got the job. That was it. So I uh, I coded from a young age. I got my first ZX Spectrum when I was six, and spent. I was a Commodore man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Uh, and that's and and spent many hours from there typing in programs out the manual and all that kind of oh, right, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I programmed kind of all the way through. Then my teens moved on from Spectrum to an Amiga. And, and bedroom coding actually relevant to the point about um uh you know coming out of uh a university or whatever and, and not knowing how to set up a server or whatever because i remember going i remember um uh, having done lots of bedroom coding going to an interview for um a job a, a development job it was just a small local firm i think they tended to do with shipping or something like that uh and being asked questions about databases <laughs> I'd never, I'd never, you know, never used a database, right? Well, I think maybe I'd done something as part of like a um, a GCSE computer science or something, done something with FoxPro, you know, the DB2, those kind of things. Um, But otherwise, I'd never used a database. And this was, this was pre-internet. So it wasn't like you could just download Access or, you know, or or MySQL or whatever and play with it. So, so I was like... Wow, <laughs> there's this whole world that actually I, I just didn't really. Yeah. I, I knew it existed, but I've never had to. It, yeah. I've never had to do so. That was a bit of a bit of a reawakening. I ended up doing a degree that was not computer science. Um, there was actually physics, and then similar to the law degree, <laughs> no real, <laughs> no real, real point to it. And then yeah, and then ended up kind of getting. I got back into it into a professional career actually via a roundabout route because I ended up doing. Uh, like I said, VBA macros and all that kind of stuff. And then I ended up doing 
testing um, and then eventually ended up sort of getting into a development team and doing doing real development so it's a bit of a circuitous route and certainly like i mean you know talking about being able to demonstrate that you were doing things that you were motivated to learn i, I don't know I'm not sure I would have had anything to show, to be honest. I was. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have got the job had I not been that dev manager. You know, it's sort of retrospectfully now. I'm like, well, she really helped because if it wasn't for her and then me being able to show her my progress and all that, then when the position came up, I don't think I would have stood a chance. So I think it was showing that I was actually working on it and you know, and was actually all right at it. A lot of what you said is having a um, someone who's more senior noticing your skill or you know talent for problem solving and and, and yeah. that sort of world because you said the same didn't you mark about how you spotted people doing it so they don't actually yeah. know themselves in a way yeah it's just a, a quality yeah, yeah that yeah. they possess in yeah problem solving perhaps what was your path mine was much more linear than yours was circuitous what's that word you said circuitous, circuitous. <laughs> circular and <laughs> my, <laughs> my, mine was much more linear and um, so i yeah like bedroom coding from a young age i had a zx spectrum and Ooh. obviously just typing it in spectrum crew yes fist bump, fist bump. don't knock my mic and yeah sitting up late you know with my dial-up modem being on the internet when it costs you per minute when my wow. dad didn't realize that I had it. Oh, you're young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I went and did, I did A-levels. Um, so when they were doing things like learning how to type in Word, I discovered JavaScript and things like VBScript and, and was doing stuff like that. And they recommended I do um, a degree in it. If that's like, I wanted to go on to do more education. So I did a degree in computer science and then got my first dev job and spent a few years doing that various different development jobs and then um sort of slid into ux <laughs> and and looking back it was probably always meant to be because i enjoy the problem solving but um when i look back at my degree i did the best in the human-centered design elective parts right, that we did okay. and, yeah. and it was just that problem solving for people rather than problem solving for a computer yeah um that was probably more what i was better at or interested in because it's got to be what you're interested in surely you know yeah. Um, so it's yeah, interesting, yeah. even though yours was linear and yours was circular, that there was still a, it was all computer related. Whereas I was, yeah, when I was young, I was, I had a Commodore, as we joked about, used to program on that, do all of that stuff you said. And then as soon as I hit GCSEs, yeah. just didn't really get into it. A levels drinking, uni. And then <laughs> after uni, came back to it. <laughs> 14. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, d I just yeah. didn't. I didn't have the continuity, mm. and I wonder. There's like a gap, yeah. Yeah, it's showing ever since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that. I wonder if that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think uh, and how you got in software development on Twitter. Ready, crew? At, At Bitpicking. <laughs> and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Mark. Yay! Bye. Bye. Bye.
Welcome to Bitpacket. Welcome to Batpacket. Batpacking. 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 Sorry, what am I saying? <laughs>